0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this latest episode of the podcast. The guest this week is Mr. Jim Streeter. James E. Streeter currently serves as the production manager for the Frist Campus Center Film and Performance Theater at Princeton University. He was previously the resident lighting designer, master electrician for Princeton University's program in theater and dance, where he has designed the lighting for multiple productions, including A Little Night Music, Cabaret, Yankee Dog You Die, The Vagina Monologues, The Crucible, The Duchess of Malfi, Hamlet Machine, Twelfth Night, The Maids, A Delicate Balance, Happy Days, A Streetcar Named Desire, and The Seagull, as well as the premieres of student works such as A Test of Love, Chamber Music, Mixed Drinks, Invitation to the Blues, Utopia Parkway, Shadow Man, The Tire Iron, Beer, Pool, and Darts, Joyce Carol Oates' Mother's Day Weekend, of Beauty Born, and T.S. Eliot's the Wasteland. Jim has also designed lighting and visual effects for A Sacred Place, choreographed by Jacques Dembois, Negotiations, choreographed by Ziva Cohen and Alita Hayes, Chamber pieces with choreography by Ziva Cohen, Alita Hayes, and Jill Sigmund. Other works include Resident Lighting Designer for the Body Hype Dance Company at Princeton University, Convergence and Rosemary with Ginger for the Acting Studio Incorporated in New York City, the Sound of Music and Phantom for the Media Center for the Performing Arts, The Glass Menagerie, Set and Laying Designer, and, lo- and A Lifetime on the Streets for Trenton State College Theater, The Rothschilds for Bristol Riverside Theater, Jungle Coo, Moby Dick, and the American premiere of The Graduate for Stage Works Summit, and the East Coast premiere of Cynthia Lee Smith's The Night Spirit for the Afro Bean Theater Company. Jim is a graduate of the Center for Media Arts and studied Lighting Design at the Studio and Forum of Stage Design in New York City. He is also a member of the USITT Board of Directors and a strong proponent of USITT's Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee. This committee is responsible for supporting and promoting equity, diversity, and inclusion within USITT's programs and projects and the Institute as a whole. This was a fantastic conversation on topics ranging from lighting practices and how they need to evolve, both in teaching and perception. The recent 2018 Telegraph article written by reporter Patrick Sawyer titled, Traditional Theater Lighting and Stage Design Discriminates Against Black and Asian Actors, warns Shakespeare's Globe. And finally, the merits of hiring someone based on their talent. This is a must-list conversation for students of all backgrounds. This one is one you shouldn't miss without further ado mr jim streeter
1: and now we are we are recording so okay. ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the podcast uh, my name is rich bryant and today i am joined by uh, production manager extraordinaire for uh, Princeton University. Is it Princeton University? Yes. In, uh excellent. In, in Princeton, in Princeton, oh geez, in New Jersey, uh, production manager, Mr. Jim Streeter. Welcome, sir. It is excellent to finally get a chance to talk with you again. How are well, you?
2: Thank you, Rich, for uh, inviting me. Uh, I'm doing well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of in that limbo area where there's way too many productions and not enough time. Um, But other than that, we're doing good.
1: That's good. How is the, how is the weather in uh, New Jersey today?
2: Um, I wish you had flown me to Trinidad to do this (laughs) interview. Uh, It's 24 degrees uh, without the windshield. So it's about 18 with it. Yesterday was as low as minus 15 with the wind chill. Well,
1: I, I can I can rest assured that uh, I am working on a, a budget and uh, on the top of the list will be a a flight and and passage to to Trinidad where you can come and enjoy and we can do this interview over over proper cocktails.
2: Sounds like a plan to me.
1: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, the reason I, I, I wanted to get a chance to, to talk with you again uh, is because part of the idea of of what this podcast was to be about is to get different perspectives, different point of views. It, it, even though it's called archiving technical theater history, it's not just that one particular field. Um, I've had uh, folks here talk about uh, their mentors or people talk about causes or things that were important to them, or I wish people understood this aspect of it but i guess what i would like to start with is for the audience themselves i mean you are a a production manager but you've also been a lighting designer and and toured and things like that and i was wondering if you could kind of give a little bit of background for for the audience uh about about yourself
2: I'll, i'll try to keep this as short as possible um i started out uh to be an actor um I thought I was pretty good at until I realized at a large Division I school there were 1,500 actors who were going to graduate at the same time I did. There were only maybe 20 technicians, so I swung over to Tech Theater uh, in 1977, and I haven't looked back since. Um, I uh, am a lighting designer. I have about hundred and fifty shows to credit. Um, and and then I got this job uh, here because i i the stability of having a year round position made made perfect sense to me. Um, no that's that's the that's the short version. One of these okay. times we'll do the long extended version of it, but right now let's let's go with that
1: one. All right. So now, um, so you, so in a, for me, I know for myself, um, I never really, I, I never really wanted to be an actor. I mean, I tried it, but I found that I was too nervous. I, you know, couldn't remember stuff and things like that. And I got involved in the the technical arts because, you know, everybody was kind of welcome to go do that. Um, everyone had the opportunity to go do that. Um, Did you start off, did you have uh, a a program when you were, did you always know that you kind of wanted to be in the arts or was it something that you you discovered over time?
2: No, it it is when I was in high school, my senior year, I'd already, I'd been accepted at a bunch of places for pre-law and I kind of went, I don't want to be a lawyer. Uh, So I found a place called the Rhode Island School of Photography and I told my parents that's where I wanted to go because photography interested me. Um, they told me, we, you go to a regular college for a year. If you don't like it, then we'll, we'll, you know, we'll think about it. And then I went to Kent State University. And once there and started meeting all of the technical instructors, I just fell in love with doing it. Um, it was just so much fun at the time little did i know now that it would be the pulling out the hair moments uh of 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 technical theater but yeah i i I always thought i wanted to be in the arts i I mean as a kid i i i sketched i took pictures of just about everything um so i always wanted to do something in the arts why did design I, i sort of fell into um in doing that first lighting design, I kind of went. This is kind of cool. Uh, I did another one. I transferred out of Kent State to another college. Did lighting design there. Went to work for Syracuse Stage as a as an intern. Um, and while I was there, I discovered Lynn Pechtel's book. Okay. Uh, design and painting for the theater. And in the back of that book there were a list of all the schools that were available that taught this. And one of the schools on there caught my attention because it was on the East Coast was the Studio and Form of Stage Design. Um, Best choice I ever made in my career was to go there. I fall back on so many of the teachings when I work now and I try to pass some of those on to my students at the same time. So, yeah, arts was always good. Arts was was once I got to be like seventeen or so, the arts were what I wanted to do.
3: You you there are you, days
2: when I still sit and go law school. Should have listened to my mother and went to law school.
1: I I know my my father uh, when I when I first started getting involved in the arts, my father was like, "Are you really sure?" Because my father worked in uh, insurance for many, many years. He was a businessman. And uh, it would always kind of seem like, you know, you kind of do what uh, your, your parents do. or they, they, Some of them, you know, obviously want better for, for, for their kids. But, um, but once I pick, picked, a, for me, my entry point originally was a musical instrument because I, I used to play music. And uh, it, it thrilled my mother to death. Because my mother was like, oh, we get to go to concerts and do this and do that. And uh, that was one thing that led to another. Because when part of our school program was going on a field trip, and one of the field trips that we went on was going to the Lyric Opera in Chicago. And I saw uh, La Boheme, that opera, and it changed my life. Mm -hmm. Because I saw the magic of a a scene change. Because they went from... uh, the first, the first opening, which took place in an artist studio, the curtain comes down. There's a, a brief, a brief intermission. The curtain goes up, and all of a sudden, it's snowing. There's a horse-drawn carriage. It's though you were transported into a completely different world. And I said, I want to do that, because mm-hmm. that that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen.
2: Yeah, I think we all have that that wow moment that happens. Um, as I always say, I, I I thank and I blame Ken Billington at the same time. Um, I saw Shenandoah on Broadway. Okay. And okay. I literally sat there with my mouth open throughout the show. Now, it wasn't really spectacular lighting, but the things that he did, the fact where he put you in the scene, how emotionally he put you in the scene, I was like, I want to do that. That looks cool. You know, and, and voila, here we are.
1: So you, you you mentioned that there were lessons that you had you had learned from from your your previous uh, from your schooling that you want to pass along to your students. Could you share a couple of those with us?
2: Yeah. Um, one, of, one of the biggest things I always tell my students is relax. OK, we're not curing cancer. This ain't brain surgery. So relax. Everything will be fine. Um. Second thing I always try to get people to know is stick to your concept. If you have an idea in your mind of what that show supposed to look like, stick to it. But then remember that color is the easiest thing in the world to change. Uh, third thing is, is, is have fun this is fun. We get paid to do this. This is fun. Have a little fun with in, in your work. Um, we just got finished reviewing a bunch of students for the Young Designers and Technicians Forum. And you could see the joy in the work. You could really see that people really put their hearts and souls into stuff. And, and, that's how, you know that's the best advice i can give to somebody have fun and put yourself in it you know just go for it
1: i i find nowadays or maybe this is just now or maybe i'm just more aware of it or notice it more but i know that there's this thing between people putting so much stress on themselves where it has to be perfect it has to be this it you know, it's a bottom line thing. And and it's not that's not why I got into this, because I didn't get into this just because I because of magic I saw. I mean, now I, I, I mean, I have a, an understanding of, of how some of the, the tricks are done, obviously, just through experience. Right. But but part of me still goes, you know what? I agree. Why are not we having fun? Why, why are we berating people, you know? I mean, sure, I get on my students' case about not turning in their assignments. But but yeah, I mean, well, this, is, this isn't this is the end-all be-all of, of, of people's existence. You know, this is a moment in time.
2: Yeah, it's, it's my old boss used to have a great saying that it ain't the Met and it ain't going on tour. In 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days, 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years, nobody's going to give a damn. It's ephemeral. It's done. It's we put it up. It lasts for as long as it lasts, and then it goes away. Now,
1: the you've had uh, a long teaching career. Um, what what have you noticed in the the, the change? Have students changed? Are they or are they still seem to be consistent over the years of why they get into it, or or how they do it, or why they do it? Do you or has emphasis changed?
2: A lot of Every, every year I get a bunch of new uh, we get a bunch of new students most of them haven't figured out what they want to do but they want to be involved with the arts so they'll join one of a hundred different groups um, and then eventually they'll sort of work their way over to the tech side because we need somebody to do this and we don't have anybody so you're it um the thing I do find a lot of the new students are coming from technically better systems than we have in colleges uh, in their high schools. I mean, I have freshmen who come in here and go, "Oh, I know how to run an ion. How the heck do you know how to run? It took me two years to figure out how to run an ion. Um, to run everything on an ion, you know, to do all the the bells, whistles, and tricks." But these kids literally walk in knowing that they have spent. Some of them have spent a good deal of time in theater. They really like it. They've seen a lot of stuff. Um, you know, PBS has helped all of us be able to see shows we couldn't. We couldn't see. So that they come in, sort of wide-eyed. Uh, and then we just try to just, we're not trying to rein them in. We want them to run free. But we want to give them the, the technical background to do the job. You know, So in my office, there's a library that the students are allowed to come in anytime they want. They can check out a book. They can keep it for as long as they want. They just need to bring it back before they graduate. And that's helped. Uh, Jane Cox over at the Program in Theater and Dance uh, has, teaches design courses over there. So, a number of my students who work for me come out of her class. Um, and I like that because I don't have to really show them too much. Uh, but as it says, you know, you and I have done this for a while. After a while, some things just become sort of second nature. you kind of understand why they work without knowing why they work.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, you know like color choices oh, and I know we're gonna get into that, but yeah, color, choice, color choices um, especially now with LEDs when they you know, you and I remember the times when we, would, we you'd have to sit down and figure out what your palette was. How much gel can I afford? right. You know how do I make this work with two instruments? Do I make it work with two instruments or one instrument? How do I do this? They're coming in, you know, and and so for an average show, you may have nine colors in the show. Well, these kids are walking in now with LEDs and have got access to technically a million colors. And they try to use all of them. well, well
1: you you, have, you have, I, I remember you saying that while there may be a million options you end up using you know a, a dozen you know it's 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 yeah you can create that but some of the the, the perceptibility of the difference of them is so small it's it's you go okay That here let's stay within this range this is what's really the 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 bread and butter of of, of what you're going to do
2: yeah you know you know, light your set light your actors throw a couple of specials in Throw a couple of spares in the air because you never know and and go for it, just go get in there and, and at that point it becomes you know the, you've got your you've got your palette, you've got your brushes. Go paint a picture.
1: yeah, uh, see what you can make.
2: yeah i'm gonna I'm gonna steal Jules Fisher's line. He said, our and I'm gonna paraphrase. Our principal responsibility is to make pretty pictures.
3: I agree. So
2: that's, I agree. That's the main thing I say. Look at it. Does it look pretty to you? If it doesn't, fix it. If it does, record it and move on. Um, like I said, that's that that piece of advice I I I always stuck with. Just make pretty pictures um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I, I've sort of built my career around making pretty pictures uh, but yeah that's, I, I, that's that's why I think that that's the thing I think is most students now coming in they have more of a technical background than you and I had coming out mm-hmm. of high school because they've've they've, they've been working on their AV club or, or, or the stage crew or whatever all through high school. So they put their hands on all of this equipment. So a lot of times I don't have to teach them how to hang a light. Uh, I don't have to teach them how to safety cable. Uh, I don't have to teach them how the whiteboard works or the soundboard works because they're used to those two devices. So in some ways it's, it's easier now than it was when I first started this. Um, but like I said, I, I still want the students to to have a good time while doing it because, like you said, the worst thing in the world is if you get this. too don't take this too seriously. Okay. Yeah,
3: you know, that's
2: the yeah you know, that's the other thing I'll, I'll steal from from someone at that point. Uh, and I also tell people that. that don't get so tied up in this that you don't have anything else. Again, stealing from Jules Fisher, he said in his, his opening address for the Broadway Lighting Masters class, goes, let's see if I can remember this correctly. Get a life. If you have to ask me what that means, you need one. Uh, and that, uh, that that I wrote that down. I mean, I wasn't really taking too many notes during Joel's thing, but I wrote those two things down and went, "Yeah, okay, now I know how to do this."
1: Well, it's 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 interesting because um, for me, because now I, I live abroad, and what we lack here. Um, is not is not something that I don't think was necessarily thought about at one time, because one of the things is when Trinidad gained its independence from the from from Great Britain in the in the 60s I think it was, um, they had to develop their own systems you know a better school system a better this a better that, and so one of the projects that I that I started when I maybe two year two or three years since when I came down. Was starting to look at the different schools because one of the things that our university tries to do is do outreach. So we go and visit a school and we tell them about the music program or the dance program or something like that. And they would say they would try and we would try and be like, Do you have a a, a, like a a little performing group or something like that? And all the, the government schools are all built exactly the same. They are these very utilitarian. Um, buildings that don't have what we would consider like a high school theater. They have a, a large open space and someone has attached a few um, screw and fixtures, you know, a red light, a blue light or something and that's how they perform or that, that's how they do stuff or and because here audio and music is, is, is dominant because that's the, the thing. So if where the students that I tend to run across, where they gain experience, is either they get involved with local local events. There's uh, the best village uh, 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 performances. There's uh, uh, well, let's say um, community recitals, or their their local uh, their local churches, things like that. Um, but again, they tend to focus more on, on music. So. If you need someone who knows a lot about audio councils, we got people all over the place that can to mix and produce and do all that stuff. But when it, when it comes to the, 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 something like lighting, it's that kind of thing where they say, well, we hang a few par cans, um, we turn on the lights, we make it flash, and that's what we do. So there's been a huge learning curve to try and get people to be to see lighting more than just, well, it's this thing you turn on um the 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 three largest spaces here, the Lord Kitchener Auditorium, uh, Queen's Hall, and Naparima Bowl, so one's in south, the two are up here in north, um finally all have are starting to get LED fixtures and they're starting they all are running um, I believe uh, the grand m a two. So I had my 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 one of my classes today, and I, some of the, the 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 guys that I had in class are really really bright. So they 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 come where they've already uh, watched tutorials and they've already had the opportunity to 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 get to maybe touch one of these because they go out and saw a show. But you know trying to catch everybody up is you know I'm relying on them because you know they've taken the time to really read the instructions, which uh, which I find fascinating. Um, because there's a thirst for it, but like, but I have, uh, a a, a basics, a beginner's class and it's completely scratch. You know, it's, it's like everybody has to, okay, this is a light, this is what it does. And so I feel a bit like a, a tape recorder or a parrot sometimes. Uh, but it, but it's the process I have to go through to, to get every, to get whoever comes into, into the classroom on the same page
2: right and that's the hardest thing to do sometimes because you don't know even somebody you'll find somebody in a beginning class who actually knows a lot more about something but doesn't feel that comfortable so they want to start and say okay let me see how much i really do know um and it's it's hard when, you, when you've got people who, who've never done this before i mean i've trained dancers how to to Program lights at least Mm -hmm. And Surprisingly A lot they they do it one time Maybe they do it twice Next thing I know they're on my staff As a program Because With all the turnover we have There really isn't enough time to say Okay design a show No you can program a show The plot has already been Designed for you Go um and with students who who are just starting out that's you'd be surprised they come up with some amazing things by not knowing what the hell they're doing i i
1: i th- I think some of them have better instincts than they realize mm-hmm. oh i agree but it's it's really funny because i uh i was i was i was playing um so in one of my classes, I, I play bits from uh, from various musicals and I can find kind of find where my like line of demarcation is, where they start to recognize the musicals. Because if I play like Oklahoma or, you know, Rodgers and Hammerstein, they, got, they go, we have no idea what that is. I play Hamilton and I've got people singing the lyrics back at me, yeah. you know, you know, I, but but like like Les Mis is the, is really like the beginning point. For, for a lot of folks, which I find. but I don't know if that's slowly creeping up again and it's now it's becoming you know the the kinky boots or whatever is is popular now.
2: Yeah, I think that's the the, the thing is once you find that line of demarcation, it's like where they're not looking at you with this glassy eyed look, then you go, okay, this is the window I can teach in. So let's talk about all of these things. You know, like you say, Lemmis, Kiki Boots, next to normal, fun house. Uh, um, oh, come away.
3: Uh, oh, uh, I just,
1: I just, I just drew a blank on the, the, uh, not, not Wizard of Oz. Um, Wicked. Yeah. Wick, Wick, Wicked is another. Solid point that everybody has. They're like, oh yeah, and they again, they'll they'll sing it back to me.
2: Yeah, I'm. If you do nothing else, if you decide to do this for a living, if you do nothing else, make sure you have a subscription. Uh, for PBS. I said, for two reasons. One, you'll be able to see a lot of shows you haven't seen before, and be able to see that how things are done. And two, it's a tax deduction. <laughs> uh hey as a young designer, trust me, I was finding every tax deduction I could because um, you know you're you're paid as a contractor back then
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh, now I kind of argue to be an employee, but that doesn't always happen mm-hmm. uh, so yeah like I said that's but it's 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 the things I was taught in school was like magazines with pictures. You know, like the landscape, you know, landscape pictures, or, or uh, skies, or grasslands, or sunlight, or reflections, whatever. Put it in a morgue book. Put it in a book that you go. Okay, this is skies. This is all my pictures of skies. This is all my pictures of this. You can do it on your. You can do it on your laptop. You can do it on your computer. But just have a way to be able to pull that up and show to a director. This is what I'm thinking.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and,
2: and, and it also is helpful for you. I mean, Jennifer Tipton used to do this to us, ask us, what was the weather like outside? Now, you couldn't say cold or rainy. You really had to describe what the weather was. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to go through the whole cloudy, overcast, uh, biting wind. Because all of those things influence, all of those words I just used will influence a design if that's part of the script. Um, always. So I'm a big fan of look at your environment around you. I mean, the number of times I've had to light a show with candlelight and I didn't know what it looked like, and I stood in a dark room and lit a candle to see what the light did and what the color was, a lot of times you could find that by going a picture online. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Google Images is, boy, if we'd had that when we were back in, the <laughs> <day>. <laughs> it would have saved a whole hell of a lot of time.
1: I I my, I I knew my librarian by name.
2: Yeah. Mine would go. So, what are you working on now? Uh, <laughs> uh.
1: I am a big believer um, and and then I believe in this axiom that nothing takes the place of experience. So the you talk about understanding what a what a what a candle can do I think is is if you don't there's one there's there's something about be as you say being in that dark room and paying attention. I I find that I I'm not yes I'd like to improve, improve my students' word vocabulary. But what I really, for me, I want to improve their observation vocabulary. And I want, I want, I want to get beyond, because I, for the, my, the first year I started teaching, I tried too hard. I tried to be like, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And I realized I, had, I, would, I put an expectation that was way too out of sync with, 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 with the group that I was dealing with. So, I had to say, like, okay, let's get beyond it's cold. As you say, if if Jennifer Tipton asked you what the weather was outside, you couldn't just say it was cold or warm. And it's like, give, give me another word. Give me another word. Give me another word. Give me something else. Because I know you know the words, you're just not using them. So, let's, let's, and That's let's.
3: Right. Yeah,
2: let's, I agree with you.
1: So, yeah, the,
2: you know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in getting the language especially as a lighting designer, getting the language down. Um, At one point, I took the union exam, and I don't remember who said it, but it was the second time I'd taken it, and someone said, wow, you finally learned the language. Um, And I'm I'm like, what language is he talking about? But now I understand what he means. I know what stuff does. I know how to make X. I know how to make Y. I know how to read... The Tennessee Williams description of Streetcar Named Desire and light the show from just that description before I even get to the script. Mm -hmm. So, and that's, you know, things like hot, sticky, you know, all of those terms like that should invoke what the lighting feels like um, and what the director's trying to get to to you to see in, in their vision.
1: The uh, speaking of speaking of this, because now now we're getting to the the thing that I I, I always enjoy listening to you talk about is your is your uh, your your feelings on color, because when I went to USITT and and this is a cheap plug for USITT's uh, events, because some because every so often they they have things that are just golden that you can't get anywhere else. And I was thrilled to be in the room to listen to you and Dante Keller give your uh, speeches on color. Because I, lo and behold, I, and I, I ran into uh, a, a conflict between uh, myself and, and and someone else about the, the the color green, and I I know I know your opinion on that, and I I love it. Uh, and it's it's because I remember someone saying, this person saying, well, no, you shouldn't have chosen that color. It's a bad color. It doesn't look good on anybody. Da, 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 da. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. wait. You, you're essentially telling this person, take this whole spectrum of not just green is one color of many. There's a lot of things that have green in them. And so you're saying that color is bad. So you're eliminating a healthy portion of the color book. Wait a second. That doesn't make any sense. Why would no. you do that?
2: Yeah, it's never that. That has never made any sense to me. I finally broke out of that habit because I was taught the same thing. You know, Mm -hmm. um, in in college, anyway. When I got to uh, Holocaust, it was suddenly like, you can use any color in the book. You don't have to limit yourself. Now, I'll go and explain my thing about green lighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, the, The title of the thing that Dante Kenner and I did was why can't uh, lighting multi-ethnic cast Why can't I use green?
3: Mm.
2: Now, the whole theory of not being able to use uh, green came from a, uh, a choreographer in St. Louis named Katherine Dunham, who had a, an African American company and always would say, "My, don't use green. Nobody looks good with that green color." And I've always wondered what green they were talking about. And when you go back and look at what the colors that were available back then, when she was mm-hmm. around, they were dark colors. They were rondelles. They were those. Oh, God. OK, I've got to explain that to students. Uh, yeah. They were lights with round glass on them. Right. They, were, they were a solid color. What we would use dichroics for now, these were glass. Right. And that green was a really dark, ugly green. And yes, she was right. People did not look good under that ugly green light. But like you said, we all have those conversations where, well, it's blue toward green, or it's amber toward green, or you know, half a dozen other things that lean sort of that way. So we've all been using green light almost all of our careers. Mm-hmm. Um, The story I told at USITT was about a director who bet me uh, a dollar that, uh, he says, I've never had a show that has green light in it. And I went, you want to make a bet on that? He said, there's no green light in the show. And I went, okay. Uh, That was Pirates of Penzance. And I had a lantern cross uh, a stage. And a light would come up as as a person went across the stage. So I bring the light up. And he goes, that's not green. And I had somebody downstage. I said, who had a white T-shirt on. I said, go stand in that light with your back to me. And you could see this pale green fall across the shoulders. And he went, I don't. I've never seen it. I said, yeah, you have. You just don't know it's there. Right. Um, which is why one of the things that we we start talking about is especially is know what your fixtures can do. What's the color temperature of your fixtures? Because that's going to affect the color choice you um, have. How much... What Are you using LEDs? Are you using conventional fixtures? Are you using... What are you using? Um, as I said, the, the thing we all... I remember this being taught is in New York in the 70s, that if you ordered a lighting instrument... You had to specify no green glass. Okay. Because you would get it.
3: Oh, uh, right the, the the the
1: lens itself the lens would itself, have a, would have a hue to it.
2: Yeah. Um, and that may also have been what affected her thought process on using green. I'm not. There's not a color I'm a, afraid to use on stage. There's not. I'll use it if it doesn't look right. We pull it. We put another color in. But I tell students don't be afraid of color. Other thing that Jennifer used to tell us: color is the easiest thing in the world to change. You know, even on Broadway. Yes, it's going to cost the producers some money, but if it's not working, fix it. Don't just you know. I I I have a story about a, a designer. The design was rejected. He left the theater. We didn't hear from him again for like six hours. Then he came back and said, okay, we're gonna go with my original design. No, you're not. Because that's not what we that's not what the director decided on. Uh, you, you you'll get that. It's like, oh I just need to go think. No, you don't. Just sit back down, look at what you've got, go back to the concept, go back to what you originally said the show feels like and looks like pick your color that's it if you're arbitrarily picking colors it's gonna look like mud it's just gonna be just bad yeah i will i will throw the one thing that dante and i both use is if i remember correctly this is a this is a plug for Roscoe chad uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh Roscoe 99 99 roscox 99 i think it's chocolate
1: Yes, I, 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 I've got to give, the, I got introduced to that color by a grad student at the time who, who I, I still know to this day, a guy named Todd Reemsma. And I have loved that color
2: ever since. It's it it's the save, save you color, especially if you've got a mixed cast, but you need to be able to warm the scene up. Mm-hmm. Or if you've got an all African-American cast and you need to warm the scene up. It's a wonderful color to use. Um, GAM used to make... Uh, I think I still do a color, 920. Don't ask okay. me what it is off the top of my head. Uh, but that I, I've used that in pretty much 80% of the shows I've designed. It's a pale lavender that when you drop okay. down dimmer, it gets warm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, as opposed to... to I mean, a real warmth, like you know, like almost not as much as say no color, but it's a really warm kind of feeling. Okay. Um, and there, there are other. Everybody has colors they like to work with. I think the entire lead two hundred series, from two hundred to two o eight, I have used in some to two eighteen. Excuse me, I have used in some show. In some. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I
1: always thought like Lee two hundred, Lee two hundred one, and Lee two hundred two, along with R one nineteen and R one thirty two, were like ev- everybody had that. That was like the the salt and pepper
2: of everybody's yeah, It's everybody it's, the, lighting it's, a, it's the it's of of lighting. It's, it's, here's here's the ingredients you need. Go forth and make pretty pictures.
1: Absolutely, I I think uh, it, it was interesting. Uh, one of the one. Of the, uh, one of the, the interesting I don't want to say, I don't want to call it an experiment because it's not really that, but it's more of a discovery for myself. Was uh, here in Trinidad, I don't know if most people know this, is that uh, I'm a minority here. Um, there are very few Caucasian people here. It is mainly Afro Caribbean, uh, Indian, or Chinese, or some form of mix of that. So you have a predominantly warm skin tone color here. Um, there, and the way that they describe people is 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 interesting. And again, I don't mean to, to to offend anybody, but you know it's not just black or white. We have what they refer to as red men, or Chinese, or Chinese red, or you know, I mean because that's how they describe it. And it's been interesting when you know taking what uh, exi- what what you had, had talked about color, and mo- and almost all my uh, shows or, or things like that, or music shows or whatnot, are are people of the of the of these varying colors, and it's given. And I went, wait a minute, I am not taking the opportunity to to see where I'm making my mistakes. This doesn't work. Or and I take a picture and I and I and I work on it and work on it. And for me, I have found um, that I've had to be much more attentive to the balance as uh, you know you talk about color temperature because it's very easy here to drive certain people into almost to being darker than they actually are or mm-hmm. to pull out some form of warmth where you know it's it's you you know it, it, it it's fascinating to be able to have the opportunity i wish i wish there was some way to encapsulate that to people to be like look it's there there really is something about taking the time and again, you know, improving your observation vocabulary, because, you know, if I hadn't moved down here and had this experience, I probably would be doing, you know, let's just say probably what a majority of other people are doing. You know, it, it's kind of by the numbers and being able to work in a completely different uh, color palette and 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 see what. What the results are, I go okay. I really need to change this. Certainly, some things will always be stalwart things that that work. But now it's like okay, now I have to be a little bit more specific. Now I have to be a little bit more attentive to my levels and and what I'm doing.
2: Yeah, I think that's the the big thing for most people to try to learn because you learn it by experience. You learn it by screwing up. but like you said, don't walk away from the projects, the problem. Sit there, figure out the problem. Um, there's I don't remember whose whose story it is, but there is a, a young designer, fresh out of school, got his first big show. They went into Q to Q and the director looked at the lights and went, I don't like that color. Okay.
3: The mm-hmm.
2: designer made a note of it. It was another one of his special things he picked, and the director went, that's not even close to what we talked about. Uh, They left. The director left, the designer kind of storms out. We're, We're about to start Q2Q. I can't find the designer anywhere. So... And this is how the story was told to me. Mm -hmm. They couldn't find the designer. So they started to cue the show. Because they had to have something to show the director. Because the designer was literally going to walk back in and show them the same thing again. Okay. Don't do that. If the director tells you, I don't like that color, this is not what we talked about. Ask what it was that we said at the, at the first meeting or whatever meeting it was, and then make the correction. It's like, okay, we can't do it right now. When we get to the break, we'll do it. We'll just queue everything up. We'll fix them later. That's how I usually say for people to get through the problem. But don't go, I need to go clear my head. No, you don't. Sit down. Go back to the script. Look for, look for things that you were that you had been having discussions about. I'm sure you've got a yellow pad somewhere with all of these notes that you've taken in the meetings. I keep that with me till the show closes and then it goes in a folder.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because I could always refer back to, oh, that's what they meant for this and then make my changes. Um, so that's, like I said, that's the thing I I, I always preach is that that, that You learn color by experience, and you you learn color by making mistakes. Um, Nobody ever told me that if you put red on stage for longer than 30 seconds, that the eyes basically shut down and you get black and white. Nobody ever told me that. Uh, It was something I had to find out for myself, admit my mistake, change the color, and move on so that's that's my take anyway i uh
1: now i th- th- this was something that i um i ran across uh and i posted on on the 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 theater history website and it made its rounds in various uh lighting or theater um uh posts and 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 whatnot um was an article and I don't know if this is something you want to comment on. Um, this is an article from the Telegraph. Uh, it was uh, printed August 12, 2018, by uh, Patrick Sawyer or Sawyer. And the title of the headline was, "Traditional theater lighting and stage design discriminates against Black and Asian actors," warns Shakespeare's Globe. And the 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 person who is uh, uh, quoted. Um, is a Dr. Farah Karim Cooper, and she is the head of higher education and research at the Globe. And the quote is, using the same lighting and stage design as you do for white actors puts actors of color at a disadvantage. There is a danger with traditionally dark, tragic stage settings that actors of color merge into the background. She added, dark costumes can have a similar effect, though it is not just necessarily period period clothes which do this. In fact, white colors and roughs can frame and highlight a dark face.
2: Yeah, I agree with with that statement. I I really do. I think that, and I think it goes back to how we were all taught. Mm -hmm. There was a a sort of a European mindset in the way we were taught to use color. Okay. Uh, So, you know, like I said, The first African-American that I ever lit in the show was 1989 and he was on stage for one scene.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And to this day, I look back at the photographs and go, he does not look right. What did I do? Mm -hmm. Well, I stuck him under a a pale blue light. And he, you know, his, his skin changed. It was like, What did I do wrong? And then you go back through and and you say, oh, okay, well, if I had used this instead of this, uh, it would have been fine. So you've got, like, I I agree with her. You have to break that mold of what uh, you would do with a show with all white actors. uh, Whether you have a company that's mixed or whether you have a a company that's all African-American or all Asian or all Native American or all Pacific Islander,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: whatever it is, you're going to have, you you cannot light that show the same way you would if the cast big task was entirely white. You can't do it. Set designs, I agree with her. You put a really dark set on stage, and actors will meld into the black background. And the only way that you can fix that is have the lighting designer hang more equipment. Mm-hmm. to get that one area bright for what I call a one-trick pony. Right.
3: Um,
2: so, yeah, I, I I completely agree with her statement that, the, that there needs to be a different mindset, um, even in costumes. I'll, I'll throw this out. I did a show where I had a white actress, very pale white actress, who they put in a white gown against a white set. Mm-hmm. Guess what happened? She uh,
3: disappeared.
2: It just, she just went away. So we literally had to go in and spray the walls down with some gray paint. I had to throw five, six more instruments with templates in them just to light the walls, just at a low level so that the walls look like, you know, did something. And we had to dye her dress,
3: mm-hmm.
2: a, a, a darker color. The same thing is going to happen if it's a, if it's an African American actor, and you've got these white, like you said, the white ruffle collars that are you know show up a lot of times in Elizabethan theater. That's that's this big white halo against a, a darker skin. Mm-hmm. It, it's you you will drive a lighting designer crazy because they. You will literally not be able to see the change to their face, even if you you know brought the light up to hundred, you would not be able to see it because the light is reflecting off of this it's reflecting off of this rough um, so yeah i'm 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 completely behind that statement that it really really needs to be a mindset that changes and I think it slowly I think it's changing. Very slow. not as fast as some of us would like it to happen, but slowly mm. that thought creeps into everybody's head. Okay
3: Will that well, work?
1: Yeah. one one of the the things that i I, I think about when when I, when I first read that, and I was like, I, I, I didn't quite I, I had trouble wrapping my brain around it at first. And then on some level, I realized, like I said, I I went, the reality of my situation is when I went to university, I was, you know, this is, this is the way that you do it. Now, I, one of the things that I, I, I kicked myself over of not paying enough attention to was the woman that that taught, taught me was Kathy Perkins, uh, who was at the University of Illinois. And then she uh, went to University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, and she's, she's finally retired again for the second time. But I I kicked myself because she was probably teaching us really important lessons that I didn't pay attention to. And I, and I chalked it up to just, I, you know, I just wasn't aware. I wasn't prepared. I just, for some reason, I had it in my head. I knew how to do it. And that was my big mistake, was uh, just not paying attention. But the the uh, the second thing is, now, as I have in charge of, of students and I want to give them the information, you know, I, I struggle to find. I, I know that this may be difficult nowadays, so I, I hope that someone is out there writing the book that we can all leap off from and say, look, here's here's the next manual. Here's the next thing, because we've we've written to death, you know, the the this is how you do it from, again, from a a very specific model. The world has changed. The world is more diverse than ever now of what appears on stage and what appears on screen. You know, there's this preaching of inclusivity. You know, we, we need to, to have a better reflection of the community around us. So plays have to change. Musicals have to change. This has to change. So, you know, the, the books and the the authorities and the and the, the examples that we pass along to students has to change. Um, but my I guess then my question is, where 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 are is this conversation happening? And if so, where can I find it so I can buy it, purchase it, steal it, wherever, and pass it along?
2: Um, I. In some ways, I th- I do think it's out there. Look for like um, live design. Just had Alvin Ailey's designs, lighting design. Uh,
3: mm-hmm.
2: They had the plots, and I think they had a couple of the hookups. Uh, and that's one way because we all know what Alvin Ailey is. We know what the company is.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: you're gonna have a, Skin tones all over the range, um, but go watch what that does. Um, that's the best thing I can tell your students to do: is pick a bunch of shows that you know of, or, or enough enough dance companies. Like show them the 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 National Ballet. Show them Alvin Ailey. Show them Dance Theater in Harlem. Show them. Oh God, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get such flack for this because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I cannot remember this other company I would send you to. Uh, and I know I'm, I, will, I will hear about it. Um, but pick those kind of companies and have your students watch that. I mean, it, use, even using it in the classroom is a, a great way to do it, is let it run for 30 seconds or a minute so you know where the, the next light cue is. And say, okay, what is he trying to do, he or she trying to do in this? What are they trying to say? Why this choice of colors? Uh, you know how you know why this level of white? Uh, that's the easy. That's one of the easier ways I can think of. Is is pick a diverse company and find out if they're on YouTube. Our saving grace. Thank uh, God. Oh, there's there's so many things that in the theater I wouldn't be able to do if it wasn't for YouTube. Uh, <laughs> um but send them to youtube uh again what i say is get get the trades you know get lighting demand you know live design now uh get uh productions P S P L S N plsn production yeah plsn paging. um get those because they're pictures There are actual photographs of what it looked like on stage. There is also somebody there talking about it. Now, Dante is probably, if you can find any of his online, Dante would be the person I would really say. He was Mary J. Blige's lighting programmer for years. I think he still might be. And have him look at stuff. Kathy's got to have things out there uh because uh we're hopeful we're hopeful this year if you can make it mm-hmm. uh you know just endless plug for USITT. uh they are doing a uh lighting diverse skin tones saying and kathy's going to be part of that panel
1: uh, yeah i'm yeah I'm scheduled to i've I've already got that book so I am going to be there
2: yeah i i think that uh, that's the hardest thing now is just trying to find examples of it because of, of if you go through the normal everyday lighting textbook all the designers are white all of the actors in the shows are white um uh, I just had a discussion with a well-known designer about that. And he was saying, I need to step up my game as far as that's concerned in the book, in the teaching I do, and the books I use. And, you know, I send him off a list of people and call them, talk to them, send emails to them, ask if they'd like to submit their work. Um, specifically, around that and also just in general i don't know how many, how many white casts i've lit i've lit in my career all white i i i, I could tell you but mm-hmm. i can count on probably one and a half hands how many shows i've had with an african-american uh in the company uh or have it all be african-american Mm-hmm. Uh, which, which, in and of itself, is a is because then you're dealing with also different shades,
3: right? You
2: know, so that's becomes part of the other question. I, I wish there was a research a source. I'm I'm sure someone will send in a comment uh, <laughs> regarding that uh, as a source. But I, I wish there was a better source. I wish there was a better way of getting basically our industry to realize that we're changing i mean th- there's you know, you know you have an african american female play hamlet on broadway
3: mm-hmm.
2: okay that's a big sh- that's a big shift how do you light it and if the rest of the cast is all white how do you light it like you would think you should light it except um, with this with this actress being your difference? Um, because it's gonna continue, it's not gonna to stop uh, too many artistic directors are starting to realize that the you know the joke we had about the Oscars a while back, Oscar's so white, yeah, um which if you looked at this morning's nominations, it ain't changed uh but they're starting to realize that we need to reflect the community that we serve. Mm -hmm. Uh, We, there is a whole, I'm sure Disney is, was kicking itself for not really at first marketing Lion King. Well, I don't know many African American families who have not spent the money to go see that show because they see themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think we're going to keep going Toward that where it's got to be We have to see ourselves I mean when I was younger there was a a long days I think it was a long days journey into night That was done with an African American cast mm-hmm. um, And it was brilliant uh, So I think we're going to get I think we are slowly but surely moving In that direction and I think we as an industry need to catch up
1: mm. the uh, the 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 interesting thing for me was I remember when uh, this now this is quite some time ago was when uh, I had the opportunity to kathy was working on a, a show in Chicago um, it was Pearl Cle's Flying West and it was with the Onyx theater ensemble which i don't think exists anymore but it was done in a church uh on the on the upper north side near edgewater i think it is or rogers park somewhere up there and it was such a different experience it was like you know i was in the cocoon of the safety of the university setting and now it's like no these are people that are working and these are people and this is the this is the ensemble that's doing it you know and uh it was uh it was it was like wow you know i really don't understand what i'm doing i really don't understand that uh there's more to this but i i I agree with the statement when you say we have to be able to see ourselves uh in what it is that that we're going to see because if i if i don't have a way to relate to it if i don't have something to latch on to where i i i feel a connection to it it's 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 just another thing on top of the pile. It's just an it's another thing. It's not doesn't
3: right. hold it, significance.
2: It's yeah. It has no has no currency
3: mm-hmm.
2: if, if, at that point. If you don't see, I remember when I started out. My lighting class there was three of us. No, four mm-hmm. of us in my lighting class. I think two of them are still me being one. I think there's someone else who's also in the business. But I had never, I knew who Alan was, Alan Lee Hughes. Uh, And I knew Shirley. Uh, Don't ask me how I knew Shirley, but I knew Shirley. Uh, And those were my, those were my, sort of my idols. Those were my people growing up. You know, yeah, I saw Ken Billington, I saw Jules Fisher, I saw Don Holder. I, you know, I've saw all these people, but it wasn't the same as you know, like you said, sitting next to Kathy Perkins and getting a you know, world class conversation about this is what color is,
3: mm-hmm. um, and I
2: think that's a conversation that's going to need to happen because the demographics in this country. Are going to change in the next twenty to thirty years.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: We need to be prepared for that eventuality.
1: Yeah, the uh, the one of the things as I was doing a little bit of research, um, you are you quoted in uh, in October twenty sixteen of a USITT Q and A, and you said that uh, diversity is the tool and inclusion is the goal uh and i you still believe that today
2: oh absolutely i think i have i think i have a better way of saying it though than that uh to me is diversity is being asked to the prom Mm -hmm. inclusion is being asked to dance i stole that from somebody but that to me is more what it is and i i honestly believe we have to start doing that